We watched that documentary, The Social Dilemma, and now we're even more paranoid and afraid of algorithms than we were before. Pitney needed me to explain that Dr. Seuss thing that happened, because, of course, it made no actual sense. Then I recalled a traumatic Dr. Seuss-related memory, and Pitney recalled a memory that is so funny, you're just going to have to listen all the way to the post-credits bit. Our gift to you. that documentary the social dilemma that you were telling me about that you wanted me to watch for so long oh yes so interesting it's really good i although i do have to say that i was really distracted immediately by how cute the main guy is the ginger beardy Uh, guy too in fact yes in fact after that I looked at his Twitter. I looked at his Facebook. <laughs> I, I will say, though, I will say, I really got upset when I realized that when other people were referring to him, that they pronounced his name Tristan instead of Tristan, which is what it is. Did you notice that? No, but no, yeah, no, but there was a little thing in in the movie where he was going to give some lecture or something, he specified that his name is Tristan. That infuriates me. That's stupid. That's, that's like people who insist on being called Andrea. It's Uh, like, fuck off. That is not your name. Your mother did not name you that. I know. And like that dumb bitch that I used to work with at Safeway, Monica, but we were not allowed to call her Monica. We had to say Monica. Did I ever tell you that I used to work with, I used to work with some, um, I used to work with a brother and sister that her name was Angelique and his name was Dominic, except it wasn't Dominic. It was Dominique. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but first of all, it's spelled Dominic because it is. And number two, Dominique is a woman's name. Yeah. (laughs) But... Okay, we're really going off track, but uh, I know. What but it's his funny. name being Tristan infuriated me. But he's incredibly hot and ginger and beardy, and I love him. Oh, and yes. he's obviously a total smarty pants, total Poindexter smarty pants, being like a digital ethicist or whatever the fuck that went to Stanford or whatever. It's like, oh my god, he's so cute. God, he probably doesn't yes, live you far know, he from He doesn't you. live that far from me. I was going to say, hmm. oh my God, he totally <laughs> probably lives like right down the street. Oh my God. But okay, so I don't know how to how to explain it for people who haven't seen it yet, but it's basically because it's about social media, but it's about how social media works and how the commodifying of people's attention that what's that saying if you're not paying for something that means you like oh no if if you're if you're not paying for something that means it's not the product you are the product yeah, I think that's the yeah. phrase. and so it's kind of like 
all these algorithms and shit that track us in order to, you know, customize our experience. But it ultimately results in your internet being a completely different thing than my internet. And although they don't explain, they don't explain how come if I'm having a conversation with someone not on my phone in a completely different context about, let's say, for example, a certain kind of salsa that's made with pickles. And then the next time I log on to my phone, uh, the first thing I see is an ad for that goddamn salsa that I never heard of before, like an hour before, and I never typed anything in about it. Like, they did not explain that phenomenon. Like, how does it know what I'm thinking? Like, that's different. See, did you talk about it on the phone? No! We were chatting. We were chatting via Skype on my work computer. No words were being said out loud. My phone was sitting next to me, but I was using my work computer chatting with a coworker about salsa. And I didn't, and he just, he just told me what it's called, that it's really good, where I can get it. And then after Mm -hmm. I finished working, I picked up my phone and the first goddamn thing I saw was an ad for it. See, I'm convinced it knows everything, and I'm convinced that, you know, because Google owns Android and Apple owns, you know, iPhone. Right. I'm sure that they monitor our conversations, not that they listen. But they they but listen I'm for sure keywords that or something. Trigger words. Oh, I'm sure there's keywords. Oh yeah, probably yeah. And that's kind of scary. And you know, it was interesting because I remember when they were talking about in that documentary. Oh, for those who haven't seen it, part of it is how this whole algorithm thing proliferates fake news. Right. You know? Because if you if you seem like someone who, like, let's say, you know, three years ago you were looking up chemtrails a lot or something, then the computer, the internet knows who you are and knows, oh, you're a sap. You're some you're some idiot who looks up conspiracy shit. So they start throwing yeah. QAnon shit at you. And they start, you know, so before you know it, and when you do a search, your top search results are the kind of bullshit you like as opposed to the actual truth. So you are oh, like, yeah. what? This is this is the truth. When you search for it, this is what it says. And it's like, no, Tom Hanks doesn't eat babies. Why the why do you even think for a second? Because the internet says so. Yeah, and it was like, you know, my QAnon friend, I remember she was going off about how horrible she thinks Governor Newsom is. How the fuck does she know who the governor of California is living in goddamn Lubbock, Texas? Oh, God. Well, you know, yeah. Um, But it's because the QAnon people hate him because he's a liberal. Yeah. And that came up in the weird shit that comes up on her thing. Right. And it... And what I was really struck by in that was that when they said the news that I see and the news that you see, it's not the same news that she sees. Right. That you and I might even see on some level very different things, but eventually we find the same shit. But what she sees doesn't even come up in her search. Or what she sees, And I know that I've I've had conversations with Darren... Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, did you see so-and-so's post on Facebook about, you know, somebody died or had a baby or whatever. I don't even remember what it was. Right. 
And he was like, oh, no. And it's like, we have like 30 of the same friends. Oh. So you would think we would see all the same stuff. Oh, I don't see. But we I totally don't. See, don't. I don't see anything. I swear to God, I check Facebook. I peek in at Facebook all the time. But I, there's like maybe five people that I see what they post. If I don't make an effort to go to their page and look. Now I see yours because somehow you're set to my default person that I see everything. Oh, okay. Well, maybe because we interact. I think I think the more you interact guess, with the person. Yeah. But but yeah, it's really interesting and it, it how insidious and scary it is. And I found it really, really interesting how this guy and his group of comrades, whatever, yeah. that did this documentary are Basically, to I guess their goal is to take a lot of that algorithm shit out. Right. So it actually is interaction with other people and not... It's what it was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's just very interesting. And that so many of the people that participated in the documentary are the people who wrote some of the algorithms, some of the original Oh, ones. yeah, because it was like... Facebook, Google, YouTube, Pinterest, all yeah. these top high people that created this stuff that were that looking back at, you know, it was interesting. They all left those companies due to ethical concerns. Right. And it does kind of make sense. Which I find very interesting. If you're like a young startup, like when Google was a new thing, like back in the days when there were 20 different search engines and they were all like kind of jockeying to be the best one. And I mostly used Alta Vista because I liked it. But like, they, you know, they were all, you know, like, it makes sense when you're like as a startup on a company. And obviously you're trying to get eyeballs. You know, when you're, when you're on the internet and you're doing a business, you're trying to get eyeballs. And obviously if no one's paying for you, that means it's advertisers. So it makes... On some level, it's like, well, of course they have to do that. But what they did was they did it so well. They did it so well that it ended up becoming, I mean, it was like, you know, Skynet. I mean, it's like these algorithms kept learning and you can't stop them. They're already there and they can't unlearn everything they know about you. And Yeah, and it's scary, yeah. And I got to say, like, for all of my making fun of von Lichtenstein for all her anti-computer and anti-Google and anti-social media stuff. I kind of agree. Well, I've always agreed with her a little bit on that, not to her extreme. But watching this thing made me totally agree with her, and it really scared me. Because it's to the point where... Everything I see is like this ultra liberal left wing stuff, but maybe some of what I believe is not quote unquote real news either. And I won't know it. Because you never see anything else. Well, it's like one of the people, one of the women, that that fabulous dykey woman with the blue hair. Do you remember her in the documentary? She. um, Oh, I do. Yes, yes, yes. I loved her. But she was talking about how. She makes an effort, like, say, on Twitter, that she follows a bunch of people that generally don't post things she agrees with. 
but they seem intelligent and they seem whatever because she wants to make sure that what's coming at her, what's in front of her face, isn't always something she would have written. You know, like identical yeah. to what she would have written. And I, you know, in general, I mean, sometimes I do that, but I, you know, I'll admit I do it out of amusement, you know, because, you yeah. know, especially when it's Facebook, because there's some really dumb people on Facebook. And I've, I've said before that, you know, I've, there's someone on Facebook that thinks she's a scientist because she sells essential oils. And she thinks that her opinions about, say, the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, and mask wearing and all this stuff, she thinks that she is the that she is right and the fact that there are people who don't just do what she fucking says is an affront to science. But yeah, but that, you know, like the, the mask and the vaccine thing, blatantly masks are helpful and we need to wear them right now and the vaccine does not have nanochips in it. Right. That is 100% fact. But these people really, really fucking believe that they're wrong that that's wrong because every time when they search for they it, log on, they are bombarded with all this shit. They, they are fed the five G towers are killing everyone. And yeah, they, you know, and yep. and and I've watched Alex Jones documentary. I used to back in the day when he was just the local hack. I used to watch his. I mean, I watched the Bohemian Grove stuff all the time because, goddamn it, I thought it was so funny. I watched him go and off on I the Frost think... Bank Tower in Austin and how it's it's a it's yeah. a it's an it's a giant uh idol of Moloch, the owl god or whatever. It's like, oh shut uh, up. <laughs> yeah, and I read I watched like, I don't know, like a four hour long documentary on how Sandy Hook was a hoax. Oh, I, I've never yeah, by the time Sandy Hook came around I stopped. I stopped watching it. No, but it was, it was so well done. I watched one of his 9-11 ones in the early days. Yeah. It was well done. It was convincing. And it really had me 90% convinced that Sandy Hook was a hoax. Oh, my God. Until I realized that, no, there's, it's just not. Right. But it's really well done that it really did have me largely convinced that Sandy Hook was a hoax. Oh, yeah. And then I started watching... 9-11 is a hoax. And then I started watching um, the Boston bombing was a hoax. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I'd forgotten about the Boston bombing. And those are so well done. I really was almost convinced that they were right. So I can see because I fell into that rabbit hole. Yeah, I don't know how I got sucked into the 9-11 one. And then I realized yeah. everything associated with all of those people mm -hmm is so fucked up that this can't possibly be right. I mean, QAnon, the QAnon shit could have never happened if Alex Jones hadn't happened. Yeah. yeah. And, and the fact of it is QAnon could not have happened if it wasn't for the fucking internet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because, well, that's one of the things that's so interesting about Von Lichtenstein is that with all of her paranoia and all of her weird shit, I don't even know where she gets it because if she's not online, like, how does someone become that paranoid and all that shit naturally? Well, it's probably the pot, but... Uh, that's a good I question, mean, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, who's, who's bringing that... Who's bringing those, those ideas into her house? She's not getting it from reading science fiction books. 
you know? Yeah, but it's weird, though, because it's like I find myself, like, sort of agreeing with her now. Oh, my God. I mean, not 100%, yeah. you know, because I see that, you know, the value, because this couldn't happen, I mean, us. Right. Without the internet. Without the internet, I would have gone crazy. Oh, yeah. Through this pandemic. The internet is incredibly valuable as long as you use it intelligently. And the number one thing, oh, my God, ever since the other night when I watched it, every time, like, the the guy, the weird... Of course, I I will admit, as soon as he popped up on my screen, I went, oh, of course we have the white guy with dreadlocks. Um, oh, you know I'm I know about. who you're talking about. I, yeah. I mean, I will admit, I instantly was like, oh, fuck it. Oh, goddamn hideous white man with dreadlocks. But it's like, no, I actually ended up really liking him. But my first instinct was, oh, shut up. But... I will say. Me too. It was first like. Oh God. We like, oh God, we so know know that guy. (laughs) My first reaction was like, it's not 1968 anymore and shut the fuck up, you stupid hippie. Oh my God. That was my reaction at first. I was thinking, oh my God, you know he smells terrible. But then I listened to him and he was, and I was like, okay, but he's borderline crackpot. Well, but he also is one of those super brainiac people, which. Because he falls yeah. in with that group. But the thing, the, the number one thing that he said that will stick with me forever is don't ever click on something that's recommended to you by an algorithm. Because as... Oh, yeah. And it's so hard because when I launch YouTube, it doesn't take me to my subscriptions. It takes me to recommended for you. And it get you know, and it's always... Oh, that's just like the last thing I looked at before I before I put my phone down yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and it, and it's probably I probably clicked on that because that was recommended to me. There are people that I used to follow yeah. that I stopped following, but because that I completely stopped clicking on their shit, I unsubscribed, walked away from them, but like, you know, 6 months later, YouTube's still going, "Eh?" Eh? And I'm like, fuck you, I'm not. I know. I don't want to click on it. I don't. And and also, scrolling and pausing, that counts. You might as well be fucking clicking it and having sex with it. The, the, the internet knows that you paused for three seconds to look at something. Oh, I know. And apparently it also knows how long you look at a certain picture. Yep. You, it's you really pause. scary. I mean, my God. I mean, especially considering... You know, all all those years of scrolling through Tumblr as a as an access to really you know nice free porn. I mean, uh-huh. if it knows if it knows what I paused on. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. It's then how really, come I had it, to keep searching and searching to find the things I liked because it knew that it was going to go look at this weird shit, and he knew, it knew I would click on it because it knows I love to click on weird shit. That's the biggest problem. You know, like, like for example, the other day, Twitter was going crazy. All of a sudden, everyone was talking about Lola Bunny from Space Jam. And people were really upset that Lola Bunny looks different now. And I don't know why she looks anyway now. But yeah, there's a picture going around of Lola Bunny in her little uh, basketball outfit. And uh, yeah, she's not as uh, shapely as she used to be. And... Let's just say it ain't just furries that are upset about it. 
It's, <laughs> it's you know, it's people like me who, you know, had the hots for Disney's Robin Hood as a kid. You know, <laughs> anyone who is like, I don't like to say it out loud too much, but yeah, that's kind of hot. Um, there's a lot of people out there. You know, there's a lot of guys who, if they were at a, in a certain age range when Space Jam came out, oh yeah, they were all about Lola Bunny. You know, <laughs> it's like when you're going through puberty and and your brain is just a big, a big soup of hormones and shit. Yeah. Lola Bunny looks pretty goddamn good. But anyway, the other day, because I, and because of that, I, ch- I had some emails with my with a furry friend of mine and he mm-hmm. made a reference to a picture he has of Lola Bunny in a French maid outfit. And he goes, I won't, I won't scar you by sending you the picture. And of course, as soon as he mentioned it, I immediately Googled it and I found exactly the right picture he was talking about. Oh, I know. Cause I'd be like, no, I want to see. I don't want to see Lola Bunny in a French made outfit. I mean, I, it was just, I instantly knew. It was like, oh, that's clearly, that is clearly the little piece of fan art he's talking about. Oh my God. But it's like, yeah. you know, I, you know, how, how much, how many, how many hours have I spent over the years? looking at erotic furry art just because I'm fascinated by it. Oh, I know. So somewhere in Google, in Google's buildings and buildings and buildings of underground servers, you are there is like into furry porn. (laughs) Oh, oh, totally. Oh, totally. There's no question. Oh my, I didn't see you there. You really spooked me. Just like my podcast, The Paranormal Burrito. We're a weekly podcast featuring a new guest every episode. So join us for fun and spooky stories. If you have a spooky story you'd like to share, email us at theparanormalburrito at gmail.com. The Paranormal Burrito, your true stories. And that was one of the things I liked in that documentary was that they kind of found a way to visually explain how the algorithms work. And they just had like a team of people that were all assigned to this kid, this teenage boy. And they're like, oh, he seems sad. Let's throw some of this at him. Oh, yeah. And, oh, his value just went up to these advertisers. And, you know, oh, he's worth this much money. Yeah, and I really think that that it's it's really, really scary. But I see how, you know, and I'm sure there's going to be, like, you know, people that are, quote, unquote, into the truth, meaning the scary conspiracy people. Right. They've been brainwashed by the Internet. But, you know, they're going to watch that and they'd be like, oh, this is just more mainstream media that was designed that was in my head the whole time say that we're wrong that was in <laughs> my head the entire time it. the whole time i'm watching it <laughs> i was i was just like i wonder how many people i know who even if they even if they forced like adult americans let's just say 100 percent of people you you're required to watch this like how many people do i know would just watch it going well, this is obviously propaganda. Well, yeah, because they're so brainwashed by the internet yeah. that they would think this thing is just main. And I'm sorry, anybody that uses the term mainstream media oh my God. is a nut job. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah. Is a fucking right wing nut job. My fa- and my favorite, you know, because the, the first time when you first started hearing the whole oh, and when they abbreviated MSM, that that pisses me off too. But like the first time I <laughs> oh, was, oh, I hearing, wasn't even aware of that. Oh, dude, <laughs> I didn't MSM, even know they baby. did that. Oh my god, it's everywhere. But uh, <laughs> the first time I heard MSM shit was through like Fox News people, and it's like. That is a major, major, huge company network. You don't get to point at some other one that's identical to you and go, see, that's the mainstream, but not us. And that's what these people believe, too. Oh, but you know, Fox News is not in favor of the nut jobs anymore because Fox News is becoming more and more anti-Trump. Oh, yeah, now that now that he's not, like, a meal ticket for them. You know, and it's so funny that they're like, what are they going to go to? Like, I, I don't even know. Oh, my God. I don't even know. Oh, my God. But, you know, something else. So I was reading articles about that documentary because I was so intrigued by yeah. it, right? And pretty much everything I've read thinks it's, like, you know, dead on, mm-hmm. right? Um. But one thing that made me mad, get, and, I, and I blame the internet and the media <laughs> on this, okay. on this whole thing, before I say what it was that made me roll my eyes, <laughs> okay. let me preface, okay. okay, let me say, if this was a valid statement, I would agree with it. Okay. If... The documentary was written or was designed to express a period of time in an industry where this was a valid statement. I would agree with it. And this will make sense in a minute. Yeah, I'm wondering. Because I don't want want to get myself in trouble from listeners by saying this thing that irritated me. Right? Okay. I want to make it clear. What really pissed me off is like, blah, blah, blah. This was so wonderful. But what really scarred me about this documentary was the absence of the voices of women of color. Okay. And I'm like, why would there be voices of women of color in this particular documentary? Because it's not a documentary about how maybe that industry should have included more women of color. Right, we're talking color. about like 20, 30 years ago in Silicon that, Valley. There were no women of color. That yeah. I agree with. Right. But how would that documentary have been more meaningful with right. the voices of women of color in it? And I was just like, shut the fuck up. Oh my, yeah. No, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Because that's an internet thing that drives me totally fucking crazy it's like saying you know what is that I, was hyper... watching, I was watching a lot of silent films you know what i noticed there's not enough women of color in silent films of a hundred years ago yeah you know why because they weren't there you know it's oh, like it there's a reason why, they're, why they're, it was all a bunch of pasty white dudes in this fucking thing. I know. It's because pasty and white I, dudes invented this shit. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. You know, and like, I've read like things about, I was reading an article about like gay inclusion in science fiction novels, right? Right. And they were talking about these Mercedes Lackey okay. books, which were very, very groundbreaking at the time they came out because it was like 
blatantly gay protagonist with a gay lover. Okay, wow. And in her later books, they were lesbians and blah, 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 blah. But of course, somebody was all bent out of shape. Well, what about the trans voices? And I'm like, what about them? Maybe she didn't personally know any trans people that she was aware of. Exactly. And, she felt she, and even if she wanted to, she felt she couldn't write it very well. Yeah, it's like, what about them? So, she probably didn't have any friends that were trans, or I can guarantee you Misty Lackey would have included that in her books because that's the kind of person she is. Right. And it's like, why does everything have to include everything else? Yeah. You know, it's like I could be, you know, reviewing a book that's written by a Catholic bishop and I could be like, well, what about the pagan voices? Yeah, it ain't his job to talk about that. Why would there be a pagan voice in that book? (laughs) If every book talked about all subjects and all people simultaneously, what would be the difference from one book to the next? It's like they're different things for reasons. Oh my yeah, God. and anyway, so that comment, but then again, but I think that hyper PCness, like, what about the, the voices of me, 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 whatever it may be? I think that's actually, and because of the internet, I think it's hurting those causes by making it trivial, because, kind of. Because people won't shut the fuck up and people like, I know, like my mom is so anti-racist that if she sees some, anything that deals with a black person being mistreated, my mom cries. Right. And she always says, oh my God, I can't believe Right. That they were treated so badly. And anything that deals with a gay person or a trans person, right. she cries. She cried over the news stories about those horrible attacks that are on elderly Asian people right now. Oh. Which is horrible. Is that, is that something local out there? I haven't heard about that. Oh, no. It's like a big thing right now. Apparently all over there's like old, old Asian people being attacked by fucking white morons. Because of COVID. They're oh, beating up elderly Asian people. Oh, it's like the same people who think like, you can't eat Chinese food right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that Motherfuck. made my mom cry. Oh, right? that, So yeah. that's how sensitive she is. Right. And she's always been like that. But because of the media and because of the internet, I totally blame the internet. So that all these people that won't shut the fuck up about, you know, their voices and blah, blah, blah. My mom is like, every time they talk about, you know, black voices or Asian voices or trans voices or gay voices. My mom is just like, Oh God, shut up already. (laughs) And she's so sick of it. It's desensitizing her. Right. And making her lose interest in the actual issues because it's becoming like, well, what is the issue? Because all these people won't shut the fuck up. Right. And that's something that's coming. Yeah because of this right now too and it's it's interesting how interconnected this all and i know that i'm not an expert i'm not a sociologist yeah that i can really but this is my point of view and i know it may even like when i hear people what about the queer voices in that as being a queer activist my whole life i still just want to slap them and say shut up who cares if there's no queer voices in that there doesn't need to be right 
Yeah. It's like, yes, representation, but that doesn't mean you get to enforce some kind of rule about, nope, you, you need to write some characters in there. Because then they write some characters in there. Then you go, oh, tokenism. And then you can, I It's know. like, it's because you, it's made them, like... you made them just shoehorn a character in that they don't, yeah. the reason why they're not writing, because you're supposed to write what you know. If it's if it's coming from one now granted if it's coming from a room full of writers and you have a diverse room full of writers you're going to come up with a better product that's a little more diverse but my god if you're talking about one person writing a book it's fucking hard yeah. enough to write a novel you know anyone who's ever done it knows how goddamn hard it is if you can manage to get your own story onto paper that's a pretty goddamn amazing feat. You don't have to get oh, your yeah. story and every goddamn other person's story simultaneously in your book. It's your book. Let someone else yeah, write their I'd own be fucking really, book. I'd be really, really pissed off if I wrote a book and it was getting good reviews like this documentary. Yeah. And then some stupid academic bitch... Birch Moon was woman. like, well, this would have been a good book if it, you know, but what about the views of people of color? Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. Because that waters down to readers the value of my book. Right. Just like that review would water down the value of that documentary to people of color. Right. And that that's wrong. Oh, yeah. The Year of Self-Care. Well, here we are, a year into this pandemic, still stressed out, still unsure, even though things are somewhat better. Let's chill out, go within for a little bit. You can close your eyes if you want, but you don't have to. You're going to get mentally distracted, so if you're driving, you might want to skip ahead and come back to this later. We don't want you worrying about hitting someone while you're trying to relax. Take a few deep breaths. You can use the counting techniques we've done before if you'd like, but I'm going to let you handle that part. So however you're breathing, be conscious of it. Now things are going to get a little deep. Who is breathing? It's you, right? You're breathing. Or are you the one who is observing the breathing? The body is definitely breathing. But is the body you? Are you the you that is observing the body breathing? Are you controlling the body like you're operating a machine? Can you find the spot where the body ends? And you begin? Who is thinking? Is it you? Is the you observing the body breathing the same as the you thinking about who is observing the breathing? You are awareness. When you were born, you were a blank slate of awareness. Now, you are an awareness with a past. 
Part of being human is getting beyond that pure awareness and getting wrapped up in the anxiety of remembering the past and worrying about the future. But this you, the you who is breathing, the you who observes the breathing, the you who is wondering about who you is, this is you unencumbered by the trappings of real life. It's the original you. That other you, the one who needed to chill out, that you needs a break every so often. That's the you who is worried about everything. But this you, the you I'm talking to right now, the you who is aware that other you exists but has set them down with a cookie so they can be quiet for a minute, this you is enough. This you is all this you needs. The awareness of being. Existing in the present moment where everything is safe and nothing hurts. You are always present. You and the present moment are always here. It's the other you that gets distracted. Don't forget who you are. Which reminds me of something else that's all over the news right now that I don't really understand and I don't necessarily agree with. What's that? The whole Dr. Seuss thing. Well, that's because what's actually going around isn't what's actually happening. What's going around (laughs) is fucking Republican assholes who need things to be mad about. Who, you know, well, the Mr. Potato Head thing kind of went away, so let's get pissed off about this other non-story. Um, oh, I was mad. Can I just say that I was irritated by Mr. Potato Head? If they want to take potatoes, which reproduce asexually, by the way, uh, if they want to, well, actually both sexually and asexually, like most really uh, successful plants, you know, sometimes there isn't always a girl plant and a boy plant around. So ideally right. you can, but you can also reproduce asexually because that because if you die, that's it. So you need to be able to anyway. But potatoes, there there aren't like girl potatoes and boy potatoes most of the time. They're kind of all, you know, non-binary know, potatoes. But, you know, Mr. Potato Head was a character and I thought it was cute and it was fine to be Mr. Potato Head. Right, but if they wanted to start selling just Potato Head... Just calling it, oh, it's it's the potato head or whatever. Or, I don't know, give it a name. I don't know. But but the fact that people got fucking furious. Although my favorite thing, my favorite thing about the Mr. Potato Head thing is the people who cannot accept someone's gender if they don't, well, I don't think you're a woman. I say, I think you're a man and I, you know, you can keep saying you're a woman all you want, but I think you're a man. Meanwhile, well, Mr. Potato Head is obviously a man because he has a mustache. He has a mustache and he wears a tie. It's obvious he's a dude. It's like, okay, first of all, he doesn't have a dick and balls, you know, but like, or back when someone was 
Oh, God, it was Tucker Carlson. I wish I could remember what the actual story was. It had something to do with gingerbread men. Like, people were making gingerbread, little gingerbread people cookies, and they didn't want to call them gingerbread men. And Tucker Carlson lost his shit over this. This was, like, maybe five years ago. And he, he went on and on and on about, basically, the gender expression of a goddamn cookie... Oh, Meanwhile, that's so actual humans who actually have a gender, he doesn't accept what they, you know, it's like, it's like, well, your birth certificate says that, therefore, the way you're presenting yourself to me right now doesn't matter. Yeah. Because I'm going to go with the best guess of a doctor 50 years ago. Oh, and it's so, and, I, and again, and, and I think like the whole people, and what bothers me though is there had to be some PC bullshit to start with. That they wanted to change the Mr. Potato Head toy and take the Mr. off. You know, it might not have been because like Barbie, I don't know if you've paid attention to all the new Barbies and shit, but. Oh yeah, I see them at work all the time. Oh, that's true. You do, yeah. you do work where, where yeah. they are sold. But I mean, th- there is definitely a trend in general towards not making everything so this is a girl and this is a boy and, 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 and especially because the potato head doesn't need to be a gender. And I'm sure that's kind of where it all came from. Okay. So, so what's, okay. The thing. So do you want to know what's actually happening? Yeah. Cause I don't really understand it. Okay. All it is, is that the people who are in charge of his estate, Dr. Uh-huh. Seuss's estate. Um, and they're the ones who have the publishing rights to all of his books. They they recently like sort of did a general review and and apparently that this is not uncommon for, you know, authors that wrote a shit ton of books, you know? Mm-hmm. Um not every not everything someone ever wrote needs to stay getting republished every fucking year or whatever. That they need to keep printing yeah, more. Yeah. Well, there are six books that are in the vast, vast of, you know, the, the vast library of Dr. Seuss books that mm-hmm. they've decided to not publish anymore. Which, if you're like one of them conservative Republican people who is so about business owners should be allowed to do whatever the fuck they want... And, you know, this is America. Well, how the hell are you not okay with a business making a business decision based mm-hmm. on the free market? Because I'll tell you one thing. When I when I sh- tell you what books these are, you're going to be like, what? I've never heard of it. Uh-huh. Which means nobody knows some of these books. Only two of these books I've ever heard of in my life. And the other four... Never heard of them. And uh, I, I can honestly say even the two I've heard of, never read them, didn't have them when I was a kid. Yeah. So these are probably books nobody was really buying anyway. So yeah. Now let me ask you though, yeah. what what the what is the controversy? Is it artwork or is it written context? Like what's um, the actual controversy? Some of it, some of it is some absolutely you couldn't do that today racist shit. Like, okay. 
you know, okay. oh, look, there's a Chinese boy who eats with sticks. And he looks like the most offensive stereotype of a cartoon of a Chinese person you've ever seen. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, and or, oh, here's some, some guys from Africa. And they're, like, naked in grass skirts and have, like, these weird, like, you know, like the bone through their nose kind of nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... It's, you know, it's it's not necessarily the worst thing anyone's ever seen, but it ain't good. And frankly, okay, okay. frankly, I will be very clear. If if this was something incredibly offensive that was like dead center in the middle of Cat in the Hat, they'd mm-hmm. still be printing that motherfucker because it's the cat in the oh, goddamn hat. Yeah. And it, it, it has always sold extremely well. But we're talking about McEllicutt's Pool, which was written in 1947. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scrambled Eggs Super, 1953. On Beyond Zebra, from 55. The Cat's Quizzer, which was from the 70s. It was an Are You Smarter Than the Cat in the Hat? I mean, it just sounds pointless. You know, because they milked the fuck out of the Cat in the Hat thing. Oh, yeah, so that's not even a book. <laughs> it, it doesn't even fucking count. Um... A book from 1937 called And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street. That is a title I recognize. I know. I had that book. You did? See, I never had it. Yeah, I did. I only had like a handful. But the thing is, like, we had one when I was growing up called Yurtle the Turtle. That's one of those books that never comes up. No one ever mentions, no one remembers Yurtle the Turtle. I do. I had that. You had that one too. (laughs) And the other one is If I Ran the Zoo. And the Honest, which is from 1950. The only reason, the only reason I am aware of If I Ran the Zoo is because, you know, it's just a little traumatic memory for me. When I was in school one day, and this would have been second grade, um, the boy who sat next to me, like we had all like gone to the library, the school library, checked out books or whatever and came back to the classroom. Um, his library book that he checked out was If I Ran the Zoo by Dr. Seuss. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to look over at him while he decided that it would be a really good idea to lick the cover of his library book. Which made me vomit in the classroom. <laughs> oh my god. And you know the pink sawdust and shit that they had to bring out whenever a kid <laughs> barked. Um Oh my god. <laughs> that's the that is the reason why I am aware of the existence of if I ran the zoo. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But those are the books. And and yet somehow, oh my God, and that, oh, Kevin, what's his fucking name? The guy who's so stupid, he makes Louis Gohmert seem smart. Um, he's Trump's new little bestie friend. He got on Twitter and he was reading Green Eggs. What is it about fucking Republican senators and Green Eggs and Ham? Because remember when Ted Cruz read Green Eggs and Ham? On the Senate floor as like a oh, filibuster thing. Oh, I do remember that. I will never fucking forget that because that was right when we just bought our house. And then imme- what, right after I sent my first mortgage check on my house. Hi, ice cream man. Right as we, I sent my first check, the government shut down. And suddenly my husband and I didn't have jobs. Yeah. And it was because Ted Cruz read Green Eggs and Ham on the floor oh, of the Senate. Oh, I remember that. 
So this dipshit is reading Green Eggs and Ham, and it's like that's not even one of the books. It's right. so stupid. And, and so okay, so I remember. Okay, now okay, now I understand it. So it's basically the estate was like, well, you know, these are problematic, and we can probably pull them because they're nothing, and we no don't one cares. Want the estate associated with this, so let's right. just do this. And then all the Republicans are bent out of shape because, oh, it's cancel culture. And Canceling blah, blah, blah. Dr. Is, Seuss. Is, is, that, like, is that what, okay, like you I understand can read it now. Horton Hears a Who all you want. Oh, and meanwhile, so, uh, yeah. all the copies, that's another thing. Talk about some fucking genius as a business owner. All those books that never fucking sold because no one gives a shit about them. Every copy is the is the goddamn ice cream man parked in front of my house? Can you hear it? I can hear it. And it's the one with the quack. Yeah. I don't think it's the one that says hi, but it's the one with the quack. Anyway. Yeah, speaking of uh, things that are sort of innocent, except they have racist beginnings, turkey in the straw. Look it up sometime. Right. <laughs> uh, that, came, that came as a big shock to me. But anyway. Um, oh, but so these books that weren't fucking selling... As soon as Republicans go, they don't want me to read uh, McElligot's Pool, which I never heard of before. Every one of them flew off the shelves. There is not a copy of those books to be found anywhere because the Republicans, just like goddamn Chick-fil-A, they all had, they all just jumped up and ran out and bought as much as they could. Oh, God. Because they're Okay, morons. so now I understand. Okay. And I will be okay. honest, you know, like, I have been having some, even before this happened, and it just kind of, it felt really funny when all of a sudden Dr. Seuss was trending on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, God, what happened? What? What? Because all I could think is that, because recently I had this thought concerning Dr. Seuss, and it was, and I was thinking, well, maybe the rest of the world has finally figured this out. You know... Are you real? Does it really the sign of a good writer or someone who like writes things um, rhyming, you know, rhyming mm-hmm. the way, you know, little rhymed couplets the way Dr. Seuss does? When you make up all your own words, it's real easy to rhyme shit. Like, <laughs> that's true. Like, in Horton, not, I'm sorry, in like the Grinch, when the Grinch and the kids in Whoville are playing with their flom floopers and their flat floopers, it's like, those aren't things. <laughs> That's true. And everything has 20 syllables. It's like, and these are supposed to be books that kids can read. I can't read them because those aren't words. I don't, I, it's like, the more I think about it as an adult... The more I look back on it, even the stuff that I really love, because I love the Grinch. I fucking love the Grinch. But it's starting to kind of make me a little bit angry. It makes me a little bit angry. Even though it is a beloved thing from my childhood. And not the Jim Carrey shit. No modern day Grinch interpretation. Those can all go fuck themselves. Oh, I hate the Jim Carrey. Well, I hate Jim Carrey anyway, but we... Oh my this God. is that's for a discussion for another time. Although I will say, okay, I saw one clip from the Jim Carrey Grinch movie, and because I was watching a thing about shit that was supposed to be an outtake, but they left it in the movie because it was amazing. Uh. And it's all these different things from all these different movies that I like, and then all of a sudden the Grinch comes up, and I'm like, oh, what could it possibly have been? There's a point in that movie where. 
Because, like, the Grinch is gonna, like, make himself a Santa Claus suit. And so he has, like, a red tablecloth or whatever. So he rips it off the table. And it's, like, all everything on the table is supposed to go everywhere. Like, all the dishes are supposed to go crashing to the floor. Uh-huh. Well, you know how, like, if you're a magician or something and you practice all your life to do the thing where you rip the tablecloth off and nothing moves? Oh, yeah, yeah. Completely unintentionally, when he goes to do that scene, he rips the table off and nothing fucking moves. And he walks off this because he rips it and walks away immediately like he was supposed to. He ran back in and with his hands just knocked everything off the floor really angrily and stomped out again. And I I fucking love that. That's kind of fabulous, it's yeah. So, if it was done on purpose, I don't think I would have found it funny, but I love that it just fucking happened and they went with it. I just think that's really great. Wow. But I, yeah. I just, you know. But God damn it. Dr. Seuss, okay, first of all, he's not, he's not that grace. It's not something to get upset about. Calm down. Fucking okay, calm down. So it's only I, Dr. Okay, Seuss. Okay, I understand now. So they're, they're trying to make it seem like, you know, Black Lives Matter is acting up and trying to ban Dr. Seuss. It's the Republican and, and it, point of view on 100% this. 100% okay. is not. Absolutely okay, is not. That, okay, I understand yep. now. But, you know, meanwhile, I have a sensitive stomach, and Dr. Seuss triggers me. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, ew! Who would lick their library book? I mean, gross. How vile. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy our show, please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. If you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a Bitchin' Boutique sticker. Everyone loves stickers! Please subscribe or add us to your favorites wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribers get new episodes first and are also more attractive. Drop us a line anytime at pitneyandamelia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you! I did get I got I did get kicked out of the Hickory Farms for licking a summer sausage when I was a kid. Wow, that's some foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> did you like pick it up and go ah? Or did, what did you do? Oh my god! I I, I bent down. I, I like I bent down to smell it and I licked it because I liked the salt on the because it was like you know how they used to have the salt on the outside. I don't think I know and any I that weren't the wrapped in plastic. The salt because I used to like it was like you was it on the sampler buy... tray? I'm confused. Why was no? It was like you know how you used to buy the salamis and the salamis had like the dried skin and they'd be coated in salalt. It was like that. Oh my god! Maybe I never went inside a hickory farm store. And I liked store. the salt because I used to lick the salami at home. Because I like the salt. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Oh, everyone just write your own jokes. Oh, God damn it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I, I got kicked out of Hickory Farms when I was a kid because of licking the salt off the, the, the salami. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God.